Hi, Scott Weatherford. So glad you're joining us today. You know what I've discovered? There's times I just get offended. Just get offended. Oh, for no reason or some reason, or I just get offended. Uh, there's a lot of times I offend others. Sometimes I don't do it on purpose. I offend them accidentally because I'm sloppy. I, I, the other day I was looking at a text and hit a guy in the back. I mean, driving. I'd get out, apologize, and offended him. I said, I'm sorry, I was looking at my phone, nothing was hurt. In fact, if Tara's watching this, she hasn't even heard me confess that. So I did that, nothing was hurt, no big deal. But I offended him and I apologized, but I was just careless, I was just sloppy. There's times I'm sloppy with my words, with my actions, and I just offended. But it seems like to me that our society is more easily offended than any other time. And I talked about that a couple of weeks ago, you know, with all this crazy animation. But it's true. Offense is something that we really need to address. And so I'm calling this talk Extra Grace Required because that's what Jesus talks about, that, that we need to have the grace of God applied to our lives so we give extra grace to other people. Um, now, how can we move away from this being easily offended? Now, that's an interesting phrase. Uh, when I come into relationship with Jesus, I get all the grace I'm ever going to get, okay? So I don't need, like, extra grace to cover my sinfulness. Like, if, you know, if I was a really bad sinner, which I don't think there's any, like, like correlation of sin. Just saying. Um, I'm against the sin except for the ones I like. I heard a preacher say once. But I don't get, like, extra because I need extra. I get extra grace. I get all the grace I need, plus I get enough to give away, did you get that? I get all the grace I need to be right with God, then I get enough to give away because my heart's been changed. And so that's what Jesus was talking about. Now, Jesus is talking about this passage that we're going to look at today in basically in two phases. The first phase is, is Jesus is not diluting justice or pushing justice aside. Every society has a judicial standard, and Jesus is not pushing that aside. Um, which that includes laws and penalties and punishment and all those. So we've got to remember that civil authority is established by God. What? Yes. Civil authority is established by God. Romans 13, 1 through 2. Let everyone submit to the governed authorities since there's no authority except from God. And the authorities that exist are instituted by God, so then the one who resist authorities opposing God's command, and those who oppose it will bring judgment on themselves. Paul wrote that to the Romans. So, poof. Civil authorities from God. Now, those whom Jesus has spoken had perverted justice, and not civil justice, but their own justice to bring retribution. They wanted a pound of flesh. They were not into punishment. They were into annihilation. They didn't want to get an eye for an eye or tooth for a tooth. They wanted to get a head for an eye, a leg for a tooth. They were into completely obliterating anybody who stood in their way. Now, Jesus was exposing that false teaching, and he was correcting it. Uh, they, were, they wanted a vigilante style of justice, and Jesus said, no, no, no. If you're offering to be judge and jury, then you're probably wrong. And you want to be judge, jury, and executioner, you're definitely wrong. Jesus recognized the laws of the Jews. It even stated he came to fulfill the law. However, Jesus was intentionally leading them into the second personal phase of his teaching. 
The second phase of his understanding, his teaching, was this, personal responsibility. Societal justice, personal responsibility. Phase one and phase two. In this passage, Jesus gives four areas of surrender that those who live all for him must consider and must partake. Living all for Jesus requires surrender. So let's hear what he has to say about justice. Father, thank you for what you're going to say today. And again, I pray that you speak to me. I thank you for the, well, just the medium of this ability to talk about your truth and to share that with each other, no matter what distance we are apart. So use what we're doing today for your glory. Speak through me. I pray this in your son's strong name. Amen. It's kind of hard to believe it's already August, isn't it? Well, it is. And I want to thank you for your faithfulness, your faithful attending and watching. I want to encourage you to take your next steps. Join one of the online groups that are starting this fall to be a part of Living Like Jesus Wants You to Live. That's coming up in the fall. Take your next step. Maybe you need to be baptized. Maybe you need to join. Maybe you need to take our Connect, Grow, Server, Share class that's available online. Take your next step. Maybe you need to be prayed for. Take your next step. Again, thank you for your generosity. So let's jump into this. Let me read for you Matthew chapter 5. Uh, 38 to 42. You've heard it said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I tell you, don't resist an evildoer. On the contrary, if anyone slaps you on your right cheek, turn the other to him also. For the one who wants to, to sue you, take away your shirt, let him have your cloak as well. And if anyone forces you to go one mile, go with him too. Give to the one who asks you, and don't turn away for the one who wants to borrow from you. Okay, now, I dug around at a lot of different commentaries in preparation for this. I looked at uh, Lloyd Jones. I looked at uh, I looked at Matthew Henry. I looked at Warren Wiersbe. I looked at John MacArthur. I even talked to Stan, my brother Stan. And 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 what I came to was that the fact that I've got to surrender some things. Now I couldn't find any commentary that would kind of lay it out, so I had to dig around. And this is what I I, I heard Jesus saying to me. And maybe this is what he's saying to you. So I'm going to offer to you and let you consider it. If I'm going to live all for Jesus and I'm going to not pursue vengeance, and if I'm not going to be, um, if I'm going to be what God wants me to be, then I've got to do some surrendering in my life. And here's the first thing I have to surrender. If I'm going to live in God's justice, I have to, first of all, surrender my dignity. What? I have to surrender my dignity. On the contrary, if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn the other one to him also. Jesus quoted the law, but he didn't diminish the law. He clarified the law and our reactions through his clarification. Now, he didn't, he didn't say, don't resist evil, which doesn't mean you don't stand up to evil or be passive and let someone abuse you. And this slapping thing is all about it. He's not saying just be passive and let someone abuse you. He wasn't passively dealing with evil. He, Jesus never was passive dealing with evil. He drove the money changers out of the temple. He cast out demon, demons. He threw a bunch of demons into a, a herd of pigs, first devil town right there. And those pigs did the swine dive into the Sea of Galilee. Sorry about that. Uh, so Jesus was always aggressive in dealing with evil, and he wasn't passive with it. But what is he saying to us? Look at yourself. Would we set aside our right for vengeance or retribution that what we do, we have to surrender our dignity. 
because we are crucified with Christ, therefore we no longer live. Jesus Christ and lives with us. Dead people have no dignity. So I don't need to defend my character or my dignity. So when someone has struck me on the cheek, which is the highest form of social insult in the Jewish world, I could say, you know what? You can't hurt me because I'm dead. So hit me again. Actually, it's what literally means in Hebrew. When they hit you, turn and say, now you can kiss me. Pow. Now you can kiss me. Some people said, oh, it meant bam, bam. No, it doesn't mean that. It means that because I've surrendered my life to Jesus, it doesn't matter what you do to me. It doesn't matter what you do to me. Because I'm a dead person, I have no dignity. Because now I live all for Jesus. Oh, you see, we become offended when we think it's about us. And we don't want justice, we want vengeance. I've had dark thoughts about paying people back for the things they've done for me. Vengeance. But Jesus said, you know what? Give up your rights to your dignity because you're dead to me. Jesus was not addressing self-defense. He was addressing personal arrogance and our desire for vengeance. Turning the other cheek was that invitation to intimacy. Strike me, then kiss me because I live with a heart full of extra grace. Wow, this is crazy. It's crazy. But Jesus' teaching is that our dignity is not found in the actions of others, but it's found in his love and his acceptance. The Lord our God is among you, a warrior who saves. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will be quiet in his love. He will delight for you in singing. you relaxing in his grace. His dignity is found in the fact he loves you and he's accepted you and he sings over you. I love that passage in Zephaniah. I don't have to defend myself or repay myself because God has this, and I can trust him. If you strike me, you got to deal with God. you got to deal with God. If it possible, as far as it depends upon you, live at peace with everyone. Friends, do not avenge yourselves. Instead, leave room for God's wrath because it's written, Vengeance belongs to me. I will repay, says the Lord. Jesus gives me his grace, and he gives me an abundance of us so I could share it with you. I can't tell you the number of times that I've been lied about, gossiped about, slandered about, and misrepresented as a pastor. Even in this town, the garbage that was spread about me a few years ago, even in this town, and I will tell you something, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. God can handle that. I need to live all for him. I surrender my dignity. Slap me, then kiss me. I'm not going to repay God's job. I'm going to love my responsibility, extra grace. I have to surrender my security. Surrender my dignity, then it's not about me. I surrender my security. I'm not dependent upon me. Whew. As for the one who wants to sue you and take away your shirt, let him have your coat as well. They want my shirt? You got my coat too. Now, wait a second. The coat reference was to an outer layer of garment that the Jewish people wore that would keep themselves warm. Most of the people Jesus was speaking to, they only had one coat, and it would get cold, and they needed that coat. 
And he's saying, you want my shirt? You can have it. Take my coat as well. In other words, I'm going to surrender to you my comfort and my security. I'm going to give that to you. There's nothing more insecure than being cold. And Jesus said, I want to give you my warmth. Huh. When you're cold, well, when you're hot, you can find shade. When you're cold, it hurts. I know I lived in Canada. It hurts. Jesus was talking about surrender your security, not in what you have, but who has you in him. Trust the Lord with all your heart. Do not rely on your own understanding in all your ways. Know him, and he will make your path straight. Listen to what he says in Isaiah. When you pass through the waters, I'll be with you, and the rivers will not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be scorched, and the flames will not hurt, burn you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, and your Savior. I have given Egypt as a ransom for you, Cush and Seba in your place. Because you are precious in my sight and honored, I love and I love you. I will give peoples in exchange for you and nations instead of your life. There's no greater peace than a fully surrendered life to the security of Jesus. He holds your life in his hands, and his love, his perfect love, cast off all fear, so I can give you my shirt and my coat because my security is in him. I have to surrender my entitlement. That's as hard. Surrender my entitlement. If anyone forces you to go one mile, go with him too. What? Now this is in reference to a Roman rule that the Roman soldiers could mandate anyone in their occupied territory, any citizen of their occupied territory, that they had to carry their armor for one mile. That was mandated. What Jesus was saying, go with them too. Well, wait a second, wait a second. What you're asking me to do is surrender my entitlement. I hate the Romans. I'm entitled not to be a slave of the Romans. Why are you asking me to do this? Because you have no entitlement. You have no entitlement. They hated the Romans. And there, was a there was a national arrogance against them. It was displayed in their entitlement. Jesus was teaching that a servant heart is a key to living a life all for him. Give up your entitlement and serve your enemy was unheard of. Paul said it this way, I've been crucified with Christ, therefore I no longer live, but Christ lives in me, and the life I now live, uh, in the body I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Because I've died to myself in order to live all for Jesus, I have no rights or expectations. I live in extra grace to serve God by serving others. A Christian without a ministry is, a, is miserable and makes others miserable as well. Lose your entitlement. Hmm. Turn the other cheek. Okay. Lose my dignity. Um, give them my coat. Surrender my security. Don't go, this, go second mile. Give up my entitlement. To give up my possessions? Yeah. Give to the one who asks you and don't turn away for the one who wants to borrow from you. Oh, wait a second. And Jesus was talking to a culture of hoarders. Religious leaders of that day were hoarders. They were stingy. They charged outrageous interest to others. They were, uh, had a mindset. They, they had no mindset of generosity. 
And what he says is that we have to live differently, to live with a mindset of generosity, to think about generosity first. I trust God realizing that what I have is not mine. It's his. I surrender my generosity. I live in the expectation of Jesus supplying all my needs, not me hoarding and supplying all my needs. Now, later this month, I'm going to be talking about lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven, and I'm really going to talk about generosity and what that means and how the Jewish people were hoarders. So that's coming. I think that's August the 15th, so it's a couple of weeks from now as I talk about that. So I want you to be sure to tune in for that. But until that time, I need to think about this. My God will supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory. Why? Because I've surrendered my possessions to him. God is going to provide for me. Listen to what it says, and Paul says to the church in Corinth, who is notorious for being stingy, by the way. Every person should do as he's decided in his heart, not reluctantly, out of compulsion, since God loves a cheerful giver, and God is able to make every grace overflow to you, so that in every way, always having everything you need, you may excel in every good work. That means I'm going to live my life with the surrendered possessions, that if I see a need, I beat a need, what I have is not mine, it is God's. So I'm going to surrender my dignity, slap the cheek, kiss the cheek. I'm going to surrender my security, take my shirt, take my jacket. I'm going to surrender my entitlement. Hey, let me go with you the second mile. I'm going to surrender my possessions. You want some money? Yeah, here, just take it. Wow. This is what Jesus was talking about that in the, the extra grace that you've been given, you can lavish it on other people. Um, I have to live it through relationships. I have to be a person that's living all for Jesus by extending this surrendered life in my relationships to others. You see, a surrendered life is a life that's worth living. A life that's entitled a life that's defending dignity is easily offended, a life that is uh, all about me sure is empty. But a life that's all for Jesus is a transformed life, and it's eternal. What are you going to choose? What are you going to choose? What are you going to surrender today? It's a hard teaching, but a good teaching. Dignity, security, entitlement, possessions, all for Jesus. All for Jesus. What are you going to choose? Father, I thank you for that you've heard us today, and I thank you that you're working in the deep places of our souls that we might be changed by the power of your love. And I pray, Father, that we will deal with these areas of surrender, not one, two, or three, but all four, that we can live a life that's surrendered to you, that we are cheek-turning, coat-giving, second mild walking and generously giving people who live all for you. Father, I realize we can't do this without a relationship with you, without you living in our hearts as our Lord and Savior. And for some listening, today is the day that they need to pray and ask you to come into their life, be their Savior, forgive their sins. Jesus, I'm yours. And if you just prayed that, welcome to the family. Others need to pray other prayers about surrender, about entitlement, 
but possessions. Father, do in us what you want done. Have your way in us. And I pray this in your son's strong name. Amen.